Dad Pod. Just a video thing as well. have a name. Podcast. Midlife crisis. Howdy daddy. Mm. Midlife crisis. <laughs> Dadcast. That's not bad actually, Right. You're very welcome along. Dave's contractual obligations mean he's not allowed to be here while the Six Nations is on, so we're going to have to make do with uh, Adrian and Nathan. It's not as if they're in any way timely, is it? Like, do you know what I mean? We could, this could have... Yeah, we, we could have gone, oh! This could now be February... January day, February, February 2019. Could be any time. Uh, yeah, well, sometimes the, the rhythm of the season beats away in the background there. You know, stuff is happening. Oh, it's cold outside. He was, in, he was in Paris yesterday, wasn't he? So we have stories. Yeah, he was in Paris back. yesterday. So he's hardly back. Yeah, he's barely back. Like, Quinny was back. Yeah, huh? Quinny, Quinny somehow made it back. Well, he would have got the chair. He would have got the... On board with the chair. Yeah, yeah that's what would have happened. Mm. Yeah. For sure. I have a slight update for everybody on my uh, travel plans for the summer. Oh, oh yes, the yes. The second yes, someone says yes, I'm a slight yes, update, yeah. I assume there's another child arriving. I was going, holy oh. shit. No, no. Although I did hear somebody recently having a baby at 48 and was like, what? We're not out of the woods man until then? Or woman? A uh, woman. A woman. A man having a baby at whatever age. Not really that big a deal, you know? Well, it works, it works a bit differently there. Geriatric pregnancy kicks in at like 35 or something, is that right? Oh, I think it's even younger. Is, is it? it? Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. All, all of ours were... renamed that, I would think. All of ours were geriatric. Um, yeah, so you know the way, obviously, oh. I have it. <laughs> You're familiar. We are familiar. You've been so set upon. For, uh, for regular listeners, uh, this is going to be boring two minutes. For, for those of you who are, this is their first episode, I made to have the misfortune of being double booked on uh, an important uh, Sunday in June... Uh, where I'm supposed to be flying back from the Champions League final, but I'm also supposed to be leaving Dublin to go on our summer holidays. And uh, it turns out my wife's family, her parents, are actually going to be in the airport that same morning. Uh. Now, their flight doesn't leave to like an hour and a half after ours. Ours is a very early flight. What do you think? Can I? Am oh, I, I think the great football gods are shining upon you. Am I within my rights oh, to go? Are. Am I? Look, that's, no, that's sorry, that's, sorry. Wait, you're still leaving the three kids on the plane with your wife? Yeah, but then I meet her on the other side. Uh, I think in the grand scheme of things. But when? Like when afternoon. she lands, you'll be there. No, no, that afternoon. Okay. I think in the grand. Sc- so, so what's what, what's the extra help you're getting here specifically? Uh, putting them, taking them through the airport. Okay. I think that's to a help. get them to the to the queue for the plane. That's the hard part, right? The iPad each, yeah. right? Mm. For two of them. You're going to buy an extra one. I, if I have to. <laughs> I think in the optics of this situation... It's not great. You, no, no. You're, I think you've been helped immeasurably. The practicality of it, I'm not sure, mm. is actually going to really... But look, the practicality of it, they'll find out on the day that it, it works or it doesn't. Yeah. But in the meantime, and if it doesn't, it's a, it's you can be plan. like, oh, I kind of thought, and then it yeah. wasn't. And like, sure, That's here it. we are now, anyway. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all the, the first week is frosty, <laughs> the second week we all recover. <laughs> like, <laughs> Does your wife, is she on, of the belief that you're going to the Champions League final to work? Uh, I mean, certainly... No, it's just that like, I had that time. That was a thing that I had... I'm doing this thing at that point. And we just, like, mistook our dates. You understand how that happens. Everybody gets tired. You know, oh, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're booking the same holiday, right? So, like, it's click, control A, control C, control V. This is our first time to do that. Next year we'll do that and it'll be easy. This year was like, last year we tried to do this, faffed around for four months and then it was too late and ended up going on holidays to Wexford. This year we did it and just was like after three weeks gone, just book the fucking thing. Mm. So that was the stage we got to. 
I'd still say... Where is the conversation with your wife at the moment? Like, is it just something you're not bringing up and hoping that it's three just, weeks beforehand... Yeah. Oh, your parents are a gone! Night and a, your bottle of, bottle, of, bottle of wine gone and you're thinking... Thursday, I'm like, I'll see you, bye! <laughs> <laughs> see you, see like, you later, Michelle! Oh, no, do you remember the, like, the thing? Oh, so, so, when are you going? <laughs> Go on the Friday. Okay, Thursday, so she'll also do all the packing, will she? I mean, shut up, Nathan. <laughs> uh, you can help, you can... You can I, I would can, no, I'll, I'll help with the packing, I'll, I'll do some of the packing. Yeah, I'd get the packing done and be like, look at that now. Yeah, and sure, look, I mean, they're much older now, so you're not bringing half the crap you would have been in the first place. Yeah. It's not the same. It's not like, it's not like you having to sterilise her and all that oh, crap. Well, yeah, we had that last year. I'm actually not looking forward to it as much this year now because I've just realised, like, having an 18-month-year-old... wander around the place. 18-month-year-old. 18-month-year-old. <laughs> you really are extreme tiredness <laughs> right now. Um, yeah, an 18-month-old who last year couldn't move. Yeah, happy days, yeah. Is, they were the best time of your life. You don't, yeah. you don't know it now. She's like, mm. yeah. has anybody ever in the history of the planet underpacked for holidays? I mean, I don't think it's possible anymore. I, I would like to see, like, I mean, I, I certainly have. Right? I'm like, I need my swimming togs, yeah. and that's about it. Mm. Uh, but I get, I get, get there like, oh, shit, I should have. Also, if you're going to top. most of these places, you can buy everything else. Dirt cheap. I, I work on that because so, there's an awful amount a lot of the stress is shit that we bring everything but like most things if, you're, if you have a few nappies in that are going to get you through the flight you'd be grand ultimately and like snacks and food to keep them going uh, so we've, we like we, that's the thing it's the buggies it's a, such a pain mm. in the hole to tram, transport because you wheel it up and yeah. you get it off and you forget it and that's one part of it and then there's everything else that goes and there's all those other once that starts drifting away from your life it's like the kids have their own backpack, yeah. which has, like, their stuff in it. And that's it. We got them them, you know, the little um, sort of tiny little suitcase things that are shaped like an animal. And they can either sit on them or pull them along. Oh, yeah. yeah, don't buy them. Didn't work. Well, it's just uh, you have your child in the airport smashing into everybody's ankles. <laughs> <laughs> which isn't as funny after the tenth time. Certainly not for the opposition. <laughs> no. And then... The opposition. They either want to sit on the opposition. <laughs> They're all the opposition. It's a, it feels it's like against them. They either want to sit on it or they certainly don't want to pull it. They're like, nah, you can, you can pull this as yeah, well. No. Why would I bother doing that? No. The backpacks where they carry it yeah. themselves, mm-hmm. pack it themselves, you know, put their own Full teddies in. All their stuff. Yeah. It's a security... Issue with that then, obviously. The security queue, I mean, specifically, like the arrive in, having to open the bag, rigmarole, extra rigmarole. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, the airport's a stressful time, Gary. <laughs> it is, yeah, it's a terribly shamed message. <laughs> <laughs> I think if, I think... Yeah, we're getting it's there. Development. It can't be a bad development. We're getting there. Right, speaking of travel. Uh, hi, guys, I absolutely love the podcast, and as a newish dad, it's great to hear other dads' perspectives and advice. Recently, my wife and I have been invited to a wedding abroad. We need some advice. The wedding is in October. We're unsure what to do with our son. He'll be 15 months in October. Unfortunately, we're in a situation where kids aren't invited and I'm part of the wedding party. We don't have any parents to take him and all our siblings are working full time. The wedding couple want all the wedding party, us included, to stay in the same villa and have offered for the baby to stay as well. We think our options for this holiday is either stay in the villa with the wedding party and my wife not go to the wedding day and stay in the villa with the baby for the day or rent different accommodation with an extra room and bring my 15-year-old niece to babysit for the day. This isn't ideal, leaving a 
one-year-old or the 15-year-old in a strange place and the wedding day venue is a 20-minute drive from the nearest town. I mentioned getting a local childminder for the wedding day, but that didn't go down too well with the wife. A stranger! Any experience or advice on this would be helpful. Keep up the good work, Connor. What's the... How many... Is it... They're just one kid? Yeah. And so the, the, the child has been invited to the wedding? No. No. Come to the place and leave the kid there? Yeah. How do you word that? As the... There's no, kids, there's no kids at the wedding. We want you to come. Oh, we'll so have the, you know... But we'll make an exception because you've got a one-year-old and you're part of the wedding party and we're sound, as opposed to wedding Nazis, which it sounds like we're dealing with here. I mean, as part of the wedding party, you can't really tell somebody they're being a wedding Nazi, can you? you if they can't tell them that, but no. we can say they are wedding Nazis. Uh, they're not necessarily. So if they're saying there's no the, wedding the wedding venue is... Like, maybe it's a 25... But also, you sorry, evaluate, sorry. You no. evaluate, you take each couple on their own merits there. No, you don't. That's the one thing you definitely don't do when it comes to kids. <laughs> yeah. It's one, one in and all in. Yeah, it's a rule. To, So th- that person might be part of the wedding party and, what, they're a friend. They might have, like, six brothers and sisters who have, like, 15 kids between them who they've already told but they might have aren't coming. And then they system. rock up. But then you can say like, to that, but listen, you've got parents... But they may not have facilities whatever. for a kid at where the wedding venue is. If it's 20 minutes away from where they're staying... They're probably thinking, well, no, the child... It's away. They're staying there. It's 20 minutes away from the local town. Is that right? No, I think that was right. Um, away from the wedding venue, where they're staying. Stay in the villa with the baby for the day. This isn't the one strange place. The wedding day venue is a 20-minute drive from the nearest town. So the wedding day venue, that's where they're staying. I think you bring the 15-year-old niece. They're definitely staying in the same place as the wedding. I don't on. think so. The wedding couple want all the wedding party to stay in the same villa and have offered for the baby to stay as well. So they've obviously hired a big villa, yeah, and everybody can stay there. But the yeah. venue is in a different place. Sounds like. Well, if you could stay at the venue, I'm then confu- stay away there, from. There's no clarity there. We need a bit of clarity because you couldn't leave them 20 minutes away. That's just a non-starter. Why? That's the kid with yeah. a 15 year old. Oh, you couldn't. No, you couldn't leave them 20 minutes away. So something minutes. went wrong. You're, tw- you're a hammered at b 20 minutes away, well, and c you're probably in the middle of nowhere. How the fuck are you even getting over there? Try a taxi. There's taxis. But I like mean, taxis, twenty minutes to come out to you, twenty yeah. minutes back. Yeah. No, I would think you bring. What's going if on? the fifteen-year-old is trustworthy, I suppose the baby at, at eighteen months, the baby's going to wake up. What, you've got an eighteen-month-old, do you? Yes. And how? Like, she doesn't make strange. Does she make no, strange? No, not really. No. Who can mind her? Would you put her in a fifteen-year-old's care? Depends how desperate I was to get away from that. <laughs> <laughs> I would hire somebody local. That's yeah, the correct that's answer here. Is like, oh, no. Get a, what? Well, could you do both? Keep the 15-year-old and hire somebody local. Yeah. Just in case 15-year-old is... Like, the local people are like... Well, there might be a lang- language difficulties or... I mean, local babysitters. Babysitters are babysitter. Cuckoo gaga. <laughs> I think he means more communicating with the parents <laughs> rather than the child. <laughs> <laughs> the 15 month the old is like this is a lot of bollocks this person speaks Spanish we need a translator <laughs> it's a fair point <laughs> what difference is the, having the 15 year old going to do you know I'm not sure the 15 year old seems just maybe borderline too young but the local babysitter but we are back to that conversation we were having the other week where I was like are you okay with strangers and he were all like yeah who gives a shit I mean come on <laughs> this guy's wife is like yeah but first time first time child absolutely not like first we were, I had this conversation with the main one uh, first child coming through it's like absolute fundamentalist about 
no sugar, oh, yeah. no no blah. And now it's like, I mean, there was a birthday at the weekend. Everybody has like an adult size slice of chocolate cake, and the three year olds covered in chocolate. And you're like, I mean, sorry, I'm, I failed you, but like, look, <laughs> there's a balance to be struck. Uh, the middle child's probably going to be just about okay. Uh, I definitely wouldn't do the leave the wife minding well, the see, baby for the day. No, you I, can't do I, that. I, I get, take each case and it's marriage there, Bill. The wife, the wife <laughs> might... <laughs> she might like that. She might be she like, might hate this might be the greatest... She might be... This is delightful. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah. Everybody's happy. Well, the, yeah, you could weigh that up. So she may go, if we're going for like four days and we'll have three days together and you go off and have a good time. I'm going to come back well, to my original point. If there's any reluctance... Just bring the baby. I think it's bad form that the couple haven't acknowledged that they don't have a support system that will allow them to both go and enjoy the day. I think what you could do is like, oh, we got let down by the babysitter on the last day. Why don't you come for the early part? Like, I don't know. I think, again, there's the other side where there might well be five or six people who are in a similar position who... I think it's wedding Nazis. And also, I think that, like, I, I, the whole point of a wedding, right? And I get that it's the couple's wedding, so they get to decide. But the whole point of a wedding is to go and enjoy yourself amongst the people that you know and you love and blah, blah, blah. Maybe. It's not, like, about having... A good Instagram. It's, it, like, it's, it's, it's an exclusion before it even begins. Um, uh, I think local... Reconsider your mates, is what I'd say to this guy. What? Your mate's an asshole. Too late, it's too late. Reconsider. I'm sure it's the woman. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> wow. <laughs> Where's that hot take? Uh, <laughs> he, he delete that. Only. <laughs> <laughs> he delete that only. He can't, we've we have previous. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was what happened that day? Let me, let's not go there. Uh, right. So Spud on uh, Twitter with a DM says, "Lads, technology solves technology problems. Smart plugs on the TV means it'll only work during set hours." and it can turn off automatically. You might still get the freak out, but there's no argument about it actually going off as it will just turn off itself. Same for iPads. Set the screen time on them. When it hits six, it'll turn off, meaning there isn't an argument about handing it back. It just stops working. You can also get things for your Wi-Fi that does the same. Can set time for the Wi-Fi to be on or block certain devices from connecting, etc. I keep thinking he says, you can get something for your wife. (laughs) 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 Jesus. That took a dark turn. <laughs> um, what's, is there a question? <laughs> uh, this was advice okay. from, we were talking about, Yeah, uh, Dave was here talking about meltdowns when he uh, limits screen time of an evening. Mm. Even though they know it's coming, there's a meltdown. I mean, look, there is always a meltdown. Just one more minute. We, we, all kids are different than this. will not be everybody's experience and your kids are older, so it'll be slightly different. But I said to the three-year-old at the weekend, he's, he's Paw Patrol crazy now. Absolutely crazy. Uh, he keeps asking me what a, uh, why his chase is on the case. What's a case? And then, you know, you know when the kids start asking all these questions, you're like driving to try and explain to them exactly what's going on. Um, anyway, but I said to him, what, what, what is the case? I said to him, oh, it's like, so it's a case of like, it's a situation. And then I realised, no, he doesn't know what the situation was. <laughs> Something happens, right? And then he needs to go and investigate. No, he doesn't know what that is. So you just keep working through it yourself until you land on a pile of words that actually make some sense to him and at that point he's actually stopped listening to you he's just back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like oh there's Marshall <laughs> yeah. um, anyway so I said to him he was watching a bit of Paw Patrol and I said to him right this is the last one now okay 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 and obviously if you're not looking at him watching the TV the last one could go on for 45 minutes so anyway I had a good, good idea it was over so I said okay yeah, turn it off now like you turn it off like that up got the control hit the red button if I went over and turned it off he'd have lost the plot 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know that. Well, I have, but I'm not for one second suggesting that that's going to re- repeat itself if I go back to it or that it's it's going to last for like he's not going to be doing that when he's four or five or six. Yeah, given them, then they become um, remote control Nazis and there's a yeah. constant war about who's yeah. right. They're kind of like the two of them are like, even the one year old is. Oh, yeah. She will turn the TV on. I don't yeah. know how she has yeah. an idea. The 18 month year old will. <laughs> Pick, she can pick up my wife's phone, who for some reason doesn't seem to lock properly, go straight onto YouTube, Peppa Pig, thank you. Yeah, so like she disappears sometimes. I'm like, where the hell is she? And she's obviously spotted the phone somewhere, can slightly leave the room with it, yeah. goes into the other room, and is sitting there <laughs> watching it. And same thing, if the remote control's there, she just flick it on, go across to YouTube, right. and you go. Wow. I've had the same PIN number since, like... I first got a, a <laughs> bank card yeah. in like what 1992. What was it called? Remember the Bank of Ireland pin, whatever the uh, cards. Bank of Ireland, the thirteen. Like uh, they give you a five or a ten, or maybe it was right. go to college anyway. Mm. And I had to change it because like they just watched me putting in the pin number in my phone. It's like oh, I know your pin now, and everything was open for a whole week. I was like, oh god. So eventually, I had to change it. And now everything's got new pin numbers. It's a pain in the hole. Yeah. But like, what are you going to do? Well, yeah, that's the. It's the practical versus the theoretical, isn't it? Mm. Like, if you're having to change your pins, in some ways you've lost the battle already. Now, I accept that we've all lost the battle, always. So that's just a fundamental truth. But it's the... I'd like you to engage with the idea that you shouldn't watch any more of this versus... Oh, stop, fucking trying to, stop trying to look over my shoulder where my pin is. Yeah. I was having that conversation about, like, um, sweets are full of sugar, you shouldn't really like me, yeah. they're really bad for you. And they're just looking at me going... Shut the fuck up. What's Sugar that really good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I Sit up. What's a treat that we're getting a lot now? Is that, is that he'll have, like, generally have a digestive biscuit every night before he goes to bed. Is that a treat? Like, yeah, that's a treat. No, biscuit's not a treat. Yeah. Like, no, it's definitely <laughs> yes, it a treat. Like. Well, okay, I'll take it away from you then. <laughs> Let's see how you do deprived of your treats. I'm, uh, I've sort of convinced myself that digestive is fine. Like, <laughs> no chocolate I said McIntyre would be, he wouldn't be happy with that. We had um, Kieran Donaghy in last week and he was just talking about going training as a kid and how you get Tato and Coke afterwards. Mm. And how, like, you know, in the, in the 80s when I would have been doing it, in the 90s, uh, I suspect, when uh, he was stretching into it, um, he was like, yeah, we, sure, we were kids, we, couldn't, we, weren't, we had no pocket money to go and buy stuff, so this was our one access to that. Kind yeah. of, I was like, yeah, that, that rings a bell. And so he's doing the same, like, with his kids going, uh, you can have a treat at the end of your sporting activity if you listen to what your coach says. Not not if you show up and you do everything. You yeah. have to listen to what the coach says. So, I love that thing. That's that was. I remember when he was on Diecast before. I remember that time when he was talking about that exact thing about getting the kids to listen to what the coach says. I love that. Um, like, I tried it. Didn't really work for me this weekend. Did it not? But uh, I have to I have to keep going. Yeah. D- I don't know. We, we. I mean, again, I, kids are much younger, but. And he's not doing it. He hasn't. He, well, he's going back to it now shortly, but he hasn't been doing doing it in a while. But when he was doing his football thing, after Kieran was in that time, so this fellow would like my fellow would go in and just sort of run around the hall. If there was something going on the opposite end, he'd be up there. And then so I was like, no, you have to like now listen to what the coach is saying. But I mean, look, maybe she let the child express like, himself and like run off up to the other end. Oh. That's what makes him happy. Yeah, but that's not They've got to they've got to learn how to be a part of a team and. Follow some instructions and then express themselves within the system. Because <laughs> <laughs> if it's, it's a chaos, battle. no one's going to learn anything. Yeah. Right? What's Stuart Lancaster's line? 
comfortable in chaos. Yeah. 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 My fella's very comfortable in chaos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he goes from the blue zone, the blue head to the red edge. Very regularly. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of red heads, yeah. Right, you, you have not been sleeping. Well, that was just one night. You're bleary-eyed. Oh, That's why he keeps God. talking about his 18-month-year-old. The anger levels were... Actually, I wasn't too bad last night. My wife was... Oh, she had fully lost it. It generally <laughs> flips one way or another. Where, you know... Are you sure you want to... <laughs> keep <laughs> going. <laughs> so she woke up at half three. It was freezing cold last night, and her room is definitely a bit colder than all the other rooms. This is your wife. <laughs> the baby. Right, just to clarify. The child. And that didn't go back to sleep until half six. And then we were up again at five past seven. Right. So, yeah, and there was a lot of, mommy, mommy. Well, that's fine. That, I loved hearing then, that. Then, <laughs> then in that thing of, has she just, has she fallen out? Has she smashed her head off something? Mm. Has she done that on purpose? She's been quiet. And then I, ah! So I was actually quite calm last night about it all. Right. Because it was so cold, I was feeling a bit sorry for her. <laughs> so I, of course, did what any caring, caring parent would do and brought her into the bed. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. To which... Why would you? <laughs> to which to say my wife's anger levels rose. Uh, <laughs> but this was about half an hour, 40 minutes into it. Like, how long is this going to go on yeah, for? Yeah, yeah. I had assumed for some reason that this would... The warmth Fair would enough, suddenly yeah. send the so- child to sleep. Nah. Child is like, wait a second. Usually when I come into bed now, I get a bottle. So... Where's my bottle? Where's my bottle? So we had another hour of, she's definitely not getting the bottle. And then she heard someone whispering bottle, and she's like, bottle, 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 bottle. She heard someone whispering bottle. Who did she hear? <laughs> and by whispering, you were like, under the cover of her. Bottle, no. Yeah. And uh, I'm always wrong with it. Just I don't know. What the fuck. Who knows? Cold, yeah. cold. But it better not. There better not be a repeat tonight. Well, the full moon was last night, so the, yeah, the, yeah, that is true. Maybe that was it. All the chaos is over for another month. Should we touch on Phil Neville's interview? You yeah, talk about yourself there and I'll get Phil Neville's interview. This is glorious. I'm familiar with this. So this uh, is just, it's an interview in the Manchester Evening News with Phil's wife, who was called Julie. And uh, Julie is celebrating 20 years of marriage to Manchester United legend. She's celebrating. He's a bit miserable about it. Well, <laughs> I think uh, we'll get to that. All right. She's opened up about her daily routine in a frank interview. Julie gets up at 4.45 every morning to work out in the gym. She does the cooking and cleaning around the house and says her husband has never even made her a drink. I do all the cooking at home. Phil doesn't know how to cook, but I like it. We're recently married 20 years and people ask, what is the key? We probably complement each other. We've both got very defined roles. I always want him to, like, fairness, we can bring this home and say... I'm always looking for those examples this is exactly the example you should give when you want to go to the Champions League final I always want him to feel free to go off and take any jobs he wants to do or do what he wants go where he wants when he wants and he knows that I'll be at home looking after everything whether the kids the house business or whatever I love cooking and cleaning I love looking after family it's not a role because I have to do it it's a role that I choose to do it and I love to do it now it continues like this where basically they also have a fridge just full of drinks Oh, well, there's product placement. That fridge doesn't look like that normally. Mm. No chance. It looks like Tesco, is it? Well, there's a lot of Tesco in there. There's, yes, no, way, there's no way the Neville's are having that much Tesco, is there? So, uh, yeah, she goes into a lot of detail about... Um, you think they're, like, shopping in... Where do you think they're shopping? Marks and Spencer? I'm quite sure. Mm. Anyway, so, you know, you get the general sense of she does the housework, he does whatever the hell mm. he wants. Takes a slightly dark turn, though. Uh, when Phil 
had a misjudgment, a one-time misjudgment, when he put football first on the dramatic day their daughter was born, and he went to training, leaving his wife in the delivery room. Julie ended up hemorrhaging badly, and their baby's heart stopped beating. I've been in the hospital quite a few weeks because my waters broke before 28 weeks. He was sleeping in a chair beside the delivery table every night, and then going to training during the day. That's obviously all very good. And then on the morning she was born, it was quite obvious something bad was going wrong. I was hemorrhaging quite badly, and they were like, we need to get this baby out now. Phil said, how long do you think it'll take? (laughs) I was just thinking I was going to go to training, do some stuff at work, and I'll come back later. I was in quite a bad way at this point, thinking, oh my God, I think I'm going to die. And so he said, right, I'm off to training. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, my word. So my mum was at home looking after our one-year-old son. Oh, I'm on my own in the delivery room. He'd literally gone 10 minutes and our heart stopped beating. They pressed an alarm before I knew it. There was 20 people in the room and I was hemorrhaging more and more. I literally remember them going, where's Philip? Somebody ring him. He needs to get here now. That's, there were panic stations. I remember going, I need to wait. Can we just wait? As it happens, I remember him dashing in at the last minute and they had to throw him out again because there'd been no heartbeat for six minutes at this stage and they just knocked me out and bring me into emergency, emergency surgery. He looks back now and says, looking back, probably wasn't a good idea. <laughs> That's like a bit of self-awareness. Jesus Christ. The baby all right? Uh, yes. Okay. To be f- Seems so. Let's not be overly fair to him, but he no, obviously... No, let's not be fair no, to him at all. That's a reasonable point. But he obviously didn't know the the baby was in that much jeopardy. Like, he didn't know that when I leave... It sounds like they said exactly <laughs> that <laughs> difficult She's hemorrhaging. She's hemorrhaging. I know. Look at their, I'm not we need to get this they're, baby they're out of here now. How long will it take? To, uh, I'll stop talking now. <laughs> there are obviously other elements to suggest that he clearly should not have left. Like... His nearly dying wife. Well, you would... That's very concerning for him, isn't it? Like that he didn't have the awareness to say... There's, there's a general lack of awareness, I would suggest, in that house if, firstly, he's done that. Uh, and secondly, she's done an interview where she thought this was a quite harmless story of, mm. ah, you know, Phil's Phil. Yeah. He does his thing. Yeah. I do my thing. <laughs> Weird. She's up at 4.45 to go to the gym. That takes some serious discipline. Woof. What, I, like often, I often think about it. I did for a while when I was going to the gym. They used to have a class at six, was it? Six or half six. On a Wednesday morning, and he's a big difference between six and half six. When the alarm goes off and it's five something, yeah, yeah, your life is shit. When the alarm goes off and it's six, even if it's five fifty nine, difference of six, it's like ah, I can. Well, do you can't because you, you can't, and you hear of loads of people who are up at six all the time. You up at six? Yeah, it's fine. What are you doing for an hour then? What do you mean? <laughs> Before you know, you get in at seven. Well, I mean, I'm in actually earlier these days, Nathan. Depending on how I cycle in now. <laughs> 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 he waits until we're like in the middle of a deadcast to give you a bit of feedback. I, I, don't, I don't think that's feedback. I think I understand this what that is. is. Um, this is talking for Tommy's response. What you call it? Um, but I suppose their kids could be like 16, 17, and 18 now. Yeah, they right? are, yeah. They are. Well, they are getting up at 4.45 to go to the gym. What's, like, who cares? Yeah, the kids are getting themselves out. Oh, it's just the getting up at 4.45. It's like, you oh, still have to, that's her own oh. choice now. That's not like she even in any way needs to be doing that. Got to drive from your mansion to school, though, because you live so far away. Um, she's got a gym in the basement. I'd say she's in the point oh, zero, zero, in the basement. zero one percent probably. Uh, maybe that's it. That, yeah. That'd be even more difficult. No. Phil Neville definitely has a gym in his gaff. Yeah. My neighbour at our um, our sort of um, neighbourhood barbecue <laughs> last year 
Yeah. I love when you start out stories like that. We're both looking at each other going, oh, this could be gold. <laughs> this could be it. No, he goes for a run at half five every morning. Right. And I was in the midst of a semi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> God! No, 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 not God. No, no, midst of a run. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> what a great turn of phrase. Does <laughs> <laughs> this relate to your neighbour running on <laughs> five? I've never heard of, I've never heard somebody use that turn of phrase before. <laughs> so there I was. Midst of a setting. Being in the midst of a semi is exactly the reason we're outside around, around this table. Uh, <laughs> and he put you off, his, off your stride. No, I, was, I was just about to say then, if you'd let me finish. But. <laughs> if you let me finish. Hey, semi-fitness buzz at the time where I was like... Uh, so he's obviously... I think he just done the, I was doing the marathon and super fit. But he goes for a run every morning at half five. And I'm like, how do you get up at quarter past five? He's like, oh, you go to bed at half nine. Oh, yeah. Every night. Yeah. So in bed asleep by half nine every night. Probably feels great after the run as well. How did you do that? <laughs> well, you're in when I'm coming out. We can't edit the video. <laughs> you, know what? you know we can't edit these videos. I know that. Yeah, yes. I appreciate that. Joe. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look, the ability to sleep would be uh, very important. That the ability to be that disciplined. I mean, just, I, even if you can just sleep when you go to bed, I like just awake a lot. Uh, but the stuff on. As you mean, like looking at your phone before? No, I've, I've moved the phone downstairs now. I've no, oh, only in the last couple of weeks. It's also the only <clears throat> like. I've actually started kids, reading. Yeah, now to be similar age to my oldest two lads, so he wouldn't have a Because it is the only time of the day that you actually have to yourself. The evening? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but if you got up at half five, you'd have lots of time <laughs> to yourself. Uh, you would, yeah. No, but you know what I mean? Like the, I mean, going to bed at half nine. Yeah. It's not as if, like, anybody ever does anything that's, like, <laughs> earth-changing. You could probably go to sleep as early better, but I'm just saying... It's literally the only time of the day that you get to operate in your own headspace without having to... I was going to say... No. I was going to say... No. Have anybody fallen out of you? Well, I think in the, uh, the current context. Holy moly. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So he was saying to me I should come for a run at half five every That's morning funny. and of course I was... Absolutely. <laughs> Going to change my entire life. And be, I'm like, wait a second. I set my alarm for quarter past five in the morning. Yeah, I know. It's just so bloody depressing. Yeah. But you would, it's, so after the first five minutes of coming to terms with that, you'd feel, and I'm not saying this from any experience, but you'd feel so much better after it. Mm. Well, after a period of time. Like, so we're doing swim for a mile, getting people to go out and swim a mile. Um, you can sign up at swim for a mile. Uh, how much better do you feel 
since having started I thought, it? Uh, my, my recollections of running, now to be fair, this was like 20 years ago, when I would get up of a school morning and myself and my sister would go out for like a three or four mile run or whatever, you would feel so much better for the rest of the day. What time? Like at, at Before school. Like out in the frosty mornings. Literally. Beautiful. For what reason? Well, I used to do a bit of cross-country running or whatever, so. Competitive. Keep up fitness. It was like when I was playing football and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's right. just school and stuff like that. Um, How long would that take? Like an hour? It'd go for about 40 minutes. Your alarm 40 minutes. Jesus, I don't know. That's a long time ago now. Um, it wouldn't have been that early. It probably would have been like 7, I suppose. Nice. But as a kid, obviously, 7 o'clock is... Crack it on. Jesus. Yeah. Um, but you would feel the benefit of, for the rest of the day. And it, it feels different. Swimming feels mm. different to that. Yeah, because like, when I was doing the five, when we were doing the 5K last year and I was ended up running sort of three, four times a week, I definitely felt afterwards, yes. Like, half an hour later, you'd be going, oh my God, that was well worth it. Mm. And you're buzzing for a good chunk of the day. Swimming is just way more... You're shattered. Well, we're only three weeks into it. Yeah. So that's the thing. I, I expect there to be like a tipping point where it all becomes easy. Um, I'm not at that point just yet. I think we'll keep pushing it. Like, <clears throat> we're at the level that we're going to... The, the improvement has to continue. But the it's we've probably been on a fairly stark trajectory up to now and it'll start to level off. But it'll still be up all the way till we get to the end. Like, we're not going to taper at any point. Or we're not going to say, right, we've this is now our training regime. Mm. We'll do that for a month. Like, it should constantly be challenging up to the point where you actually go into the mile. And then you won't swim ever again afterwards. But, uh, when do you feel better? Well, what I'm saying is, like, we're not going to get to a point better. where it's we're going to do... There's a dividend where, like, <clears throat> your base level of fitness has gone from zero Definitely. to mm. base camp. And that yeah. base camp... Like, I think, actually, I don't know, it depends on how everybody decides if they want to keep pushing themselves to for a time. Yeah. I'd say nine weeks in with three weeks to go, you've, you've done... Like, if you... So we're three weeks in. If we improve in the next three weeks, then we would improve and do that again. That's twice the level of improvement that we've had. There would be a base level of fitness at that point where you'd be able yeah. to swim for a mile at whatever pace you want. Those last three weeks, I'm not going to fucking kill myself. To well, the Everest analogy is probably a bad one because you'd keep going up a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Or you get to base camp and you go, hi, base camp. <laughs> that, 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 I mean, look at all the... Oh, look. It's very busy up there. Yeah. Too busy for me. Maybe. Um, but, I don't know. Do yeah, like what I'm saying is you constantly push yourself out of the comfort zone mm. in training so you're going to feel a bit shit after <clears throat> like you're not going to feel you shouldn't feel comfortable after really with the distance we're doing and the time frame we have you shouldn't feel like I'm well capable of doing this now that's great because we need to be constantly pushing ourselves a bit but is that not how all fitness works is there not like a well I no I think you get to I think if you're doing it over a long period of time what are the dividends when do the dividends come from I think it, well what do you mean dividends <clears throat> I think you're constantly getting Surge energy. a dividend. When am I going to have lost three stone? <laughs> Where's my six-pack? <laughs> Where's my fucking six-pack? Um, no, there, there must be because... Right, Jesus, I'm going back to like running 5K, which is nothing, obviously. But you do about a, a month in, suddenly that first 500 metres, but by the end you're like, as your heart rate has just flown up, that becomes a little bit easier. And I'd imagine that'll be the case here. Yeah, it's slightly I, different though because a lot of it's like technique and. I went swimming on Friday and did um, half the distance, and kind of killed me all weekend. Was, I right. was you did it? Thirty-two. Well, I was stopping, like, but I, I without. Sorry, I didn't stop. For I didn't get out of the pool. I didn't go and sit in the steam room. I like I did it with a few kind of. Stop fifteen seconds. Stop twenty <coughs> seconds. Um, Not bad. Took it out of me, definitely. 
Yeah, that's great though. That's exactly what you need. Like, it's I don't know. I think it might have been too much too soon. Uh, maybe it's like a oh God. But well, you'll you'll nail it now when you're in the pool today, and everybody broke else my, like broke my spirit. Or else the pain that I feel in my shoulder is now going to become worse and worse. <laughs> you, but you, you, my experience at the last one was you do get your spirit broken, and then you feel far better for having your spirit broken mm. when things pick up for you. The distance is actually it's essentially seven hundred. It's close enough to 750 metres. So, like, mm. it's now the swim of the triathlon. I, I would feel like I could do that. Obviously, I was flipping over to do backstroke a little bit during it as well. But um, Yeah, that 750 metre swim for the triathlon. Piss easy, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it feels totally doable now, doesn't it? Ah, yeah. Sure. In the sea, though, Jerry. In retrospect. <laughs> in the cold. In retrospect, when you think about it, it was like a 20k cycle. Like, should probably actually be able to do a 20k cycle with no training. <laughs> Yeah, the five k run. You really should. Uh, that hill, though, to start with, you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Is there anything else? I <laughs> oh, went, went downhill rapidly there. It sure did. Um, I had some pretty amazing experience of coaching recently. Uh, our youngest trying to get him to do GA in Vincent's. Two separate people came over and convinced him to join in, just like at the periphery, and like they're completely volunteers right mm. and it was the same in gymnastics as well he just won't do it right. and then he gets to the edge and then he gets sucked into it and next thing he's running around doing the stuff right. and it's like this transformative and that's just because they know how to speak I'm like hmm why can't I speak why, mm. why don't I have this Could power you come my house? House? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at dinner time every <laughs> evening yeah. just make him eat this stuff uh, which is amazing when you think about it like uh, these facilities are on your doorstep and um I thought you were going to say that you'd got into coaching. You'd been not yet. No, you will though. Yeah, I mean, as soon as like we can work out exactly what the whether or not they'll all do it. If they'll all do it every week, and you're happy that you can leave two of them here and another one of them here. Oh, because if one was to say we don't want to do it, and be like, coach hasn't turned up because yeah, you're blinding them and sideline. Like so, you coaching soccer? No, GA hurling. Great. I think they've all. I think everyone's agreed. Maybe it's best if I move back to the football. <laughs> oh, really? I'm like, so right hand on top. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I just do the games. Throw it in there. Let them at it. But you know, not is like the value of a good coach. I see that my eldest lad has no great interest in it, playing soccer, and the coach up there is just unbelievable. Like everything he says is positive all the time. Yeah. And he comes off buzzing. Like even whether he's played well or not, he thinks he's played. Unbelievable. Yeah. And from a year ago, having no interest. That's what you want, isn't it? To now, you know, when's it on? There's a few hard lessons, though, but they're like, listen, you're not up oh, to yeah. it. You'll never make it at this grade. It is insane. We should do an episode. We need to be careful about it, though. <laughs> on uh, underage, like kids getting into sport and some of the insanity yet for seven and eight year olds. Yeah. Like, it's not the. Too aggressive. Uh, too aggressive. Yeah, no. Clubs my kids are in seem grand, but the stuff you hear from other clubs and like the amount of like splitting kids at seven and eight into the elite level, That's and basically true. if you're not in the elite level, we don't want you. Yeah. Um, like uh, that that really turns me off. Um, elite sport, kind of. I don't really want my kids to be exposed to that at any point because mm. it all becomes corrupted by the ego of coaches and mm. then by the ego of the teenagers who are trying to make it mm. to do this thing which is like almost impossible whereas actually what I want for them is in their 20s to be playing casual pickup games of football or 
uh, going to the gym or doing running and swimming. Like I just want them to be active all their lives well, so that they yeah. have a healthy outlook on... The experience like, is more, is less the sort of either Katie Taylor or like um, Keir McGean, that sort of still grounded, haven't lost a run of themselves, high achiever thing. That's the, that would be lovely. But the experience is obviously largely kind of different from that, like entitled, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Is that your point? Uh, it's more that just, the, the pressures involved in reaching that. Like, I don't know if the sacrifices that, that, that are made are, for, for those individuals, it clearly has been worth it. But, like, think about all of the stuff that had to happen to get them to that point. And you're like, I, I just want them to still enjoy participating in mm, uh, sport at a community level. That's all I really want. Like, I don't want them to play for Dublin, really. Not but you never hear, you never hear clubs talk about that. It's like clubs, when they're bringing players in, you know, they'll obviously have the pictures of the players who play for Dublin and who've been successful. They don't go. And by the way, out of our two thousand and one academy, seventeen of them are still playing on the minor team, or fourteen are still playing senior football, which is what the success of a club should be. Or, or uh, from that two thousand and one academy everybody still comes to the club either as they're still fully paid up members mm. because they're involved in committees or like other aspects of the club that we value as much as the senior team winning the championship this year. Uh-huh. Like, and, and look, I'm sure, I'm sure loads of clubs do do that, right? And actually, there's a great community vibe to the clubs that my kids are going to. It's just, I don't really, like that splitting them in those other clubs that you're talking mm. about, that sounds like a disaster. Yeah, but, like it's so difficult to get volunteers for an awful lot of clubs, I'd imagine, that those who do, if they have that sort of ego, are sort of given control and clubs are quite happy that somebody's mm-hmm. come in and taken over. Maybe. The amount of different stories I've heard already of seven, eight-year-olds been told by either soccer or GEA that they can't play the other one. This goes against every piece of research that kids should play a variety of sports. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. Right, we'll come back to that. Is there anything else? No, I'll come back to my son is... No, remember my easiness with his swearing uh, we've talked about before? He's like a sailor now. Right. And in company, at home in the house, we've had to start to address it. (laughs) (laughs) That little fucker's going to get the Fucking hell. Fuck that. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even the use of fuck at times in in sentences that... Well, one very brief one. uh, My mother-in-law was bringing him to school last week. And they were walking through um, Slurgan Jam Centre and obviously a bit of traffic around, whatever. And uh, so he was just tipping along on his little bike and he goes, uh, a, car, a car horn goes, and he goes, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> and she went, sorry? <laughs> fucking hell, Dada says that when a car beeps. <laughs> I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what are you thinking? <coughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> so... You're like, fuck that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, but he says it all the time now about everything. Jesus. It's like, I'm fantastic. sure he's saying it at school. Fucking hell, fuck that, fuck this. Honestly. It's Sorry, I heard a great story. Uh, a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend, right? Uh, where it's in, it must be in primary school. Um, the parents got called in because teacher at the board and had her arse smacked by the child what? she was at the board and he ran up and, and ran back okay, and she just got him. I know. she just turned around and caught him and was like and so uh, apparently it's not it's not the done thing to wow. smack your teacher in the hole wow. and the parents when they went in were like 
how do we like not laugh? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And also, where do you pick this up? What's the <laughs> <laughs> right? What's the equivalent of uh, Dad saying fucking hell at the beeping cars? On that note, uh, Dadcast at offtheball.com is our email address. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at DadcastPod. Is that it? Is that the Twitter mm, handle? Is it? One of you guys has the, has the sole account of the uh, Twitter account. Um, and uh, keep your correspondence coming. Yeah, DadcastPod. Uh, remember to rate us on iTunes and uh, leave a comment. We'll get back to those comments next week. If there's any reviews that you want to leave us, we'll deal with them. Uh, in the meantime, take care. Happy parenting. Good luck. DadPod. Just a video thing as well. I have a name. Podcast. Oh, midlife crisis. Howdy daddy. Mm. Midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> Dadcast. That's not bad, actually, yeah.